Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. And welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. This is going to be a fun episode. Yes, I am really excited because today we get to talk with two people. That's right. A mother and daughter. And um, it is Michelle Hicks and Callie Hinky, And we are so excited to get to talk to them together right in time for Mother's Day. Um, so we thought it would be fun to hear from like a mother and a daughter. I kind of feel like you're my daughter sometimes, Elizabeth. Aww. Like, I don't think I, I, I probably like. I would have been a very young mother, I yes, think. I feel like my mother is a little bit older than you. <laughs> but still, sometimes I'm like, I kind of feel like Elizabeth could be almost like my daughter sometimes. But it's great to have Maybe Michelle like and Callie. Maybe you're like my aunt. Uh, that's it. That's, I'm the fun aunt. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Michelle and Callie, thanks for joining us today. Yes, yes we're, we're super excited. excited. <laughs> we even say the same things. Clearly, yes. mother and daughter. <laughs> Right. Why don't y'all start out by telling us a little bit about yourselves and your family, and we'll let Michelle go first, and then Kelly, you can follow her. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're really honored to get to do this. This is super fun for us. Um, um, but I'm Michelle Hicks, and I've been married to Joe Hicks for 31 years, and we have three daughters and two son-in-laws. Um, our oldest daughter, actually, Karis, is married to Nicholas Cobb, and they live in Mississippi, and she's a fourth grade teacher. She's in her fourth year of teaching first grade, um, and Nicholas works at Mississippi State University uh, with the Bulldog Club. And then Callie, who's on this uh, uh podcast with us is married to Will Hinkey and I'll let her say a little bit more about the two of them but they live in Memphis um, and then Kaya is our youngest daughter and she's a sophomore in college at Sanford University in Birmingham Alabama mm-hmm. okay. yes so um, kind of my mom gave a little bit of a heads up so I'm the middle daughter <laughs> so I married my husband Will on July 27 2019 so we are about to celebrate two years of marriage, so not the full, you know, 31 like mom and dad, but hoping to get there one day. <laughs> um, both of us, we met actually in Franklin, Tennessee, and then we both independently decided to go to Mississippi State, where I studied communication in Spanish, and that kind of led me on my trajectory 
uh, to Memphis, Tennessee, where we are now. Um, Will got a job here, and then the Lord opened doors for me to serve in the media department at Bellevue Baptist Church. Um, and so that's what I do now, and I love it, and we love where we are. We're kind of the sweet spot between back at home, Nashville, and Mississippi, getting to be near Big Sister. Um, and so it's just been so great to see how the Lord works um, such wonderful ways and where He has us for this time, um, and also to be able to serve in the local church and see what God's doing in that way. That's so fun. And Michelle, I'm sure that Joe is very excited to have a couple of boys kind of join the family a little bit, Uh, too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I I know he loves being a girl dad, but he also probably enjoys having some guys around. Yes, absolutely. We love our our two sons. Yes, now. That's right. Well, Michelle, let's talk a little bit about what you do here at Lifeway. So you've done several different things, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing with our team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I've worked with both of you, Kelly and Elizabeth, both for for a number of years. Um, uh, Kelly, I think we actually met first when we were both freelance writers for Lifeway way back. That's right, way back in the day. Probably 20 to 25 years ago. But I've actually been working with Lifeway um, or full-time with Lifeway for almost 15 years now. And I've been working with both the events team and the publishing teams during that time. Currently, I'm the managing editor for Journey Devotional Magazine. And I help moderate uh, our online Bible studies, which is uh, its own job in itself. And then I'm working alongside you, Kelly, uh, uh, doing teaching and training with our You Lead events um, and our Lifeway Women, all of our leadership training events and uh, women's forum leadership training and all of that. So. Yeah. And we're so thankful for what you do at Lifeway. I think. Um, especially because I've had experience working with the online Bible study team. So I am, I know that that is right in your wheelhouse and you are so compassionate and answering comments and stuff like that. So we are thankful for all that you do um, at Lifeway. But some of our women may have actually interacted with you on an online Bible study. And people may, I mean, you know, when you do things online, they sometimes think, well, that's just a robot or whatever. No, right. like <laughs> Michelle is a real person yes. answering comments. And like, praying yes, for you and, praying, and all yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah. I so, absolutely love it. It's it's really, it's, it's fun. And in my wheelhouse, as you said, Elizabeth, yeah. Yes. And we have women comment and write to us all the time who um, – want to hear from moms and daughters so that's why we wanted to have y'all on together to talk about your relationship because michelle you said you're a mom of three dollar daughters and we know that you all still love each other and enjoy being together (laughs) which i feel like not everyone can say so that's why we wanted to have y'all on to talk about it so we'll start with you callie what are some things that your parents did as you grew up to foster a great relationship with you and your parents and then with the sisters together Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot goes into raising daughters, raising kids in general, and honestly, Amen. probably so many things <laughs> that my parents did that I still haven't even realized or come to the point of, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, but two things that I really think that uh, my parents did well, um, and that my mom specifically is the female leader of three female women, just... Um, They let us be our own individual selves, but they also encouraged us. It wasn't just like a, okay, you can do that. No, it was, we want you to do that. We want you to be unique. We, um, they didn't force us to do the same things. You know, sometimes we 
you know, all wanted to be cheerleaders, but then if we didn't want to be a cheerleader anymore, we could stop. Or my younger sister, Kaya, took, you know, a different route and wanted to get into music and singing and the arts and performing arts and um, is so gifted and so talented in that. And my older sister and I did not do that, um, but my parents totally supported her in that and just let her be her unique self and really help us each find our own passions and um, the ways in which we can use those passions and those talents that are different from, you know, the others uh, for the glory of the Lord. Um, and then the second thing that I'd say that they did was they didn't compare us. So um, the most natural example of that that I can think of is that I'm definitely the nerd of the family. And so since my sisters aren't here talking with us today, I'll say it on their behalf because <laughs> they would definitely bring it up. Um, but I just was such a nerd. I loved school. I loved going to school. I loved learning. I still do. Um, and because of that, school just came a lot easier to me than it did to them. Um, not that I was smarter, or more intelligent or anything like that, um, but it just came easier. And so my parents were really great on not comparing us um, and never trying to hold us all to the exact same expectation of you have to all get straight A's or, you know, if you don't make a 100, then you're grounded forever, you know, whatever. Um, but instead, they just set the expectation of um, you need to do the absolute best that you can. And sometimes somebody else's best is going to look different than your best. And so they really just encouraged us in that and helped us, I think, to really set a foundation of not comparing um, or being jealous of our other sisters, um, but then also just really helping us see that we should be doing everything to the best of our ability you know, because scripture says we're doing it as if we're doing it unto the Lord. And so I think that really helped us to not strive after perfectionism as much, but to be able to see like, okay, we're still going to make mistakes even we, when we do the best we can, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't still try. Um, so I'd, I'd say that. That's so good. And I think that's something that is really hard to do. So Michelle, mm -hmm. great job <laughs> at doing that. Because yeah. I think that's, even if you don't compare, I feel like sometimes um, the kids can feel like you're comparing mm -hmm. them to each other. So that's that's such an encouraging word and also like a challenge, I feel like, to a lot of parents, but um, definitely something that can be done. So mm -hmm. I hope that parents listen to this and, and yeah. know that that's important because I yeah. do think it is. Yeah. And so, Elizabeth, you are one of two girls, yes. right? And I am one of two girls. So oh, wow. all of us are kind of in that. Sisters. Michelle, yeah. Michelle, and did I'm, you come? I'm one of three. So... That's the thing I would say, I'm one of three girls, and then I ended up with three girls. And I think a lot of the things that I learned, positive or negative, I tried to do it the same way or do it differently from the way that I'd grown up. So yeah. I think oh, that's yeah. a lot of it. No matter how you grew up and no matter you know how many siblings or no siblings or whatever, um, you can learn from your parents or your grandparents or whoever raised you, you can learn from that experience and take the things that were good and develop those further. And the things that maybe weren't so good, um, you make sure that those things um, are not happening with your true, daughters. True. Yeah. Well, now that, that two of the girls are married, how would you say like maybe the relationship has changed a little bit? Maybe, Callie, you can talk about maybe how you feel like your relationship has changed. And then, Michelle, talk about how you feel like maybe your relationship has changed with your, your daughters. Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, some of it's still the same. Obviously, she's still my mother. <laughs> she's always going to be mm -hmm. my mom. Um, but I think that part of, you know, what marriage brings and just, you know, aging into adulthood in general is 
um, being able to kind of level out a little bit on that maturity level. She's definitely more wise than me. <laughs> She's definitely, um, you know, more spiritually mature than me. But being able to, you know, be on the same level a little bit more of maturity and being able to be friends. Um, you know, my mom's my go-to person of, I have this theological question or I'm like, I need to discuss this with somebody. Like, my mom's the first person I call. It's like she's my best friend in that way. And so I definitely would say that I've been able to see it change some from, you know, when you're elementary, middle, high school uh, versus, you know, late college and adulthood, being able to just be friends with my mom and to want to hang out and want to do things together and to really uh, value her presence and her relationship with me and just who she is as an individual. Because um, I think sometimes it's easy when you're growing up, you're like, oh, it's just mom, you know, mom being mom, or um, you don't want to always take mom's advice or go to her for things because she's your mom and that's, you know, quote unquote, the not cool thing to do. Um, but the older you get, you realize like, oh no, like I would have been better off listening to her advice a long time ago, probably because <laughs> she's gone through this and she understands. And um, so that's the biggest thing. I can see how the last two years, especially in marriage, my mom has really just become kind of like a go-to gal for me and become uh, one of my best friends. So That's so good. Yeah. What, but what about you, Michelle? How do you feel like it's changed? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, from, from my perspective, um, I have loved my relationship with my girls um, forever. I mean, I just, I mean, since the day they were born, they laugh because I will still to this day, every once in a while go, you're still my baby and make them sit in my lap or something, you know, and they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> just because, because they're always, they're always going to be my baby still. Um, and I always want to be their mom, but I, I love that through the different um, phases and especially as they've uh, gotten in their, you know, they're in their twenties now, um, how it is, there's just a really um, fun friendship in that we enjoy being together. Um, I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I am, um, it, it's just come naturally though. It's, it's come really naturally. And, and there's still that part of me that stills the mom. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that exactly, but um, I would say that's okay though. Um, yeah. You know, as your daughters grow older, that um, you always treasure that honor of being their mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that I have been, um, walking through with a girl that I mentor for my church um, because she is college age and so she is kind of figuring all that out like how her relationship with her parents is going to change and it's kind of starting to change more rapidly maybe um, Mm -hmm. in college years and so it's just so interesting to see that from an outside perspective because I definitely felt that when I was in college like oh things are shifting and like you said Michelle my parents are always going to be my parents. Like they're always going to be my mom and dad, but there is kind of a a shifting of the relationship to where it does take on some more friendship qualities, Mm -hmm. um, than maybe like mothering qualities. Um, and so it's, it's beautiful, but it's also kind of sad because you're just like, Oh, but I still want to be the like little baby that my mom takes care of sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, she's always happy to do that if I need her (laughs) to do that. 
But and, yeah, so. and, Mich- and Michelle, maybe you have felt this way too. I, I know even with my daughter being married now, and in a way that I I have to, and and it's the same way with my son in in certain ways too. But knowing when to keep your mouth shut, yes. where yeah. I felt like I used to be able to speak into certain things, but at when they're young adults, it's almost like you have to kind of go, okay, I need them to figure this out themselves. And I can't, I can, if they ask me for my opinion, that's great. But I also need to let them kind of work, work that through a little bit. Don't you think? The whole thing that you're preparing them for their whole lives or the first 18 years is to be able to live on their own and support themselves. And so when it comes to that time though, you've got to let them do it, you know? And so that's where just as a mom to say, I want them to be independent. I want them to know how to solve their own problems. You know, I want to be available for guidance or encouragement or prayer or whatever. But at the same time, I want them to be strong young Mm -hmm. adults, you know, and, and continue to mature. Um, And, you know, adulthood's hard, but, (laughs) but at the same time, you, 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 want them to be able to do that yeah and kind of along that same line of thinking if you don't mind sharing with us um one of the if y'all wouldn't mind sharing one of the biggest challenges that y'all have had to work through with each other and if there's any lessons that you had to learn the hard way um i know that that could be a little bit uh difficult to share so if you have any it doesn't have to be the biggest one <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing oh yeah I've got a whole book full of parent fails I can tell you that <laughs> I can parent fail 792 no uh, Callie you want to go first you me go first well if I'm being honest nothing really strikes me as like the first thing that comes to mind I don't think there have been many like big challenges that we've had to go through and Honestly, we're really, really fortunate for that. But I mean, something, it's not really like a challenge that we face, but more just like a lesson that we're learning. And I'd say still learning, probably you're always going to learn. It's just really how to speak truth and love. Um, I think as women, we can um, tend towards the defensive side or get our feelings hurt really easily, even when somebody's coming to us with best intentions in mind and truly with something that's for our betterment, for our growth. Um, and I know that that's true for me as a daughter. <laughs> Where growing up, I didn't always want to receive truth and love. Um, you know, you don't like the good advice your mom's giving you, so you want to go to a friend who's going to support you in what you think at, what you right. think is super mature at 14 or whatever. It's like, no, <laughs> maybe not the best place to get advice all the time. Um, so I'd say that that's something that, you know, you you learn that growing up but then it becomes even more real the older you get kind of going back to that whole being friends with my mom stage of now it's sharing truth and love on both sides of the table of you know my mom is still my mom and she always will be and always need advice from her like today and in 20 years and forever but also i think i've come to a point where i can also share truth and love with her and you know it can be that mutually beneficial relationship we can be mutually encouraged together um rather than it always being you know a lesson or a teaching to me as the daughter it can be more of a discussion together um for us to grow together i love how you described the shift in the relationship as it's often more a discussion and less of a like 
it's a two-way relationship a little bit more so maybe now than growing up. Mm-hmm. Michelle, did you have... I was just saying, I totally agree with kind of what Callie's saying with, you know, just learning the art of listening to one another, receiving whatever information and accepting, um, whether it's criticism or advice. I mean, I think that that's just kind of, it's it's just really good. And I, and I do love the way that it has shifted for us. Um, and, and knowing that deep down that we we really want what's best for one another and that it's whatever said is said with a heart of love uh, to benefit, you know, to benefit one another. Um, I was thinking about uh, Callie, Callie in particular, which was a, might be a challenge for a lot of moms is she, from the time she was probably four years old, um, I felt like she could probably go, uh, live in an apartment by herself. She was very independent. <laughs> you know, she was, you know, she was just, um, uh, if somebody, you know, on the playground hurt her feelings or, you know, called her a baby, she was very quick to tell them, no, you're a baby. And, and then she would, she would keep on moving. And we had a whole story on that. Um, and, um, but I think that's kind of one of those things is that it's a challenge as a mom um, whether your daughter is independent at four years old or as she's turning, you know, preteen, you know, she's 12, you know, and then into her teenage years or high school or she starts driving, um, just letting her, um, let her grow up. Um, I can think about with all my daughters, that was a challenge at, at whatever point, um, as they were just growing up and moving into the next season of life and maturing, I think we learned more lessons from some other friends that went through some really hard things or made some, made a really bad decision in a, in a moment that then impacted them, uh, you know, in a more dramatic way. And we, we, we would talk about those situations and learn from them. Yeah, I think that's good. And it's good to even have other, I don't know, for me, it was good to have other friends who had daughters so that when there were challenges, you know, we did work through, you know, even just having a friend to say, how did you deal with this? Or how, how can I best have this conversation? So I think that's good. And Michelle, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I know that even like we have a lot of listeners with different like kids in different stages of life and our journey um, readers we have some that are single we have some that you know don't have children or maybe even dealing with infertility we know Mother's Day can even be hard in those senses and so we want to be sensitive to that too but I think there's some different stages that like for moms like let's just talk specifically for for instance when you've got little kids before they start school and they're just all over your legs what encouragement would you give to moms in that stage and then maybe let's talk about kids in school or college age or grown so let's start with those littles because i think that's an exhausting (laughs) yeah well i i would say this for motherhood in general ruth cho simons um says motherhood is sanctifying And I think that is so true because when you are a mom, you see your best and your worst qualities in yourself. Um, And, and, but I do think God uses those things and those years of, of having your, your littles or your kids at home, um, you know, when they're under your roof to teach you more about who he is, 
um, he teaches you about his faithfulness, his um, his love, his mercy, his care, so much more when you're having to also live that out for your children. Be thankful. You know, God has your all everyone's children are different, uh, but be thankful for the ones that he's given to you. And he's given them to you. He's given them to you for a reason. Uh, and, he, and the Lord knows that you would be the right person. And that that can go for if you've adopted children or, you know, God has given them to you for a reason. Um, my main priority was to teach them about Jesus all along the way um, to be really consistent with, um, you know, our church attendance and being involved in making friends and caring for others. Um, I wanted them to have solid people in their life that would see them through life for the long haul. And kind of what you'd said, Kelly, that you had several friends that were girl moms. I've got several friends who are girl moms and we all just locked arms from the time they were preschoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, or some from before they were born. And um, and we have walked through all the seasons together and even now are all still close friends and our girls are all friends, even though they may be different ages. Um, but I think having, you know, your, we didn't live near any family and that was a really great way. It may be that you live near family and they've got cousins and, but to really have people that know them from a very young age um, and um, just with preschoolers is they are babies. And I, I think the thing is don't expect them to always do and say the right thing, but just gently teach them the right things along the way. Um, it was kind of, it was like teach my kids about Jesus and just, I, I mean, it's a, t it's a test of your patience, I will say. And it, it that's where motherhood is sanctifying. Uh, but, yes. but to just really, um, remember that they don't know any better, you know, um, and remember that they're babies still. And then as they entered school, um, uh, one of the things that I prayed specifically for our girls pretty much every night at bedtime was that they would grow up to be who God wanted them to be, that they would fulfill the plans and purposes that he had for them. It, it's you know your your children need to be who God created them to be, and um, well I can think Michelle even too like I've watched this in your life and and it kind of I, it what you said about the friendships with your with your when you had little ones, um, that I mean that's a gift like and that is something that when we want to encourage women why it's so important to be in community mm -hmm. in like minded people in faith and in church because I I know that there are. The friends that I had when my kids were little are still the closest friends I have today. Yeah. And they have watched, they've watched my kids throughout their life. I've watched theirs. We sell, we like every wedding, we have a picture of, there's four of us that we, we had a play too. group. <laughs> and like every wedding, like we get a picture of the friends because it's like, that is, I mean, that's just been an important part. And I've seen you do that, like, with, as far as even, like, wedding showers and things like that. So yes, I, I feel like my kids have more than one mom in some ways yes. because of yeah. of the church community. So that's huge. Well, that's huge encouragement. Say, even along with that, Kelly, just, it, you know, I think, I guess my, my main thing I wanted to say is don't, um, don't give in to the temptation to push your daughters 
to complete something that is an unfulfilled unfulfilled dream for you in your own life. That's <laughs> in your exactly own life. right. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things because of the friendships and and being consistent at one church through some ups and downs. We didn't always. There were times we thought, oh, why are we still here? But we knew that the Lord wanted us to continue to um, invest in that community. And they invested in us as well. You know, having different people that would see gifts in my daughters and then mentor them in that and not feeling like I had to be the only one. That it was really healthy to have other women um you know, teaching them and training them and speaking truth into them and affirming uh, the gifts. Because sometimes the older they get, it's like, oh, just that's my mom. She just, she's, you know, my mom is going to think that because she's my mom. Um, yeah, the mom goggles. That's what my kids say. Yeah, for them to hear it from others really helps affirm some of those things. And I think, too, we've talked about this before, I think, with Mary Margaret and how she had this community of other moms that were around her. Um, and I think that that is also important and it's a, an opportunity for even women who don't have kids or maybe don't have girls um, oh, to get a chance to kind of speak into girls' lives. And like you said, it's not a competition. They're not trying to take your place as mom, but it is this outside perspective. And I think that's so important as we find community in the church to not just limit it to people who have the same age kids mm-hmm. just like us. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, and so that, I think that's definitely important because it is you're going through the same thing at the same time. But then also just kind of thinking through, OK, who in our church could I have like come over and just watch a movie with my daughter, <laughs> you know, yeah. on a Friday night and talk about it afterwards because she doesn't want to do this with me. But I feel like mm-hmm. she needs somebody speaking into her life or or whatever that may look like. Um, or, you know, like you said <laughs> You may your daughters may not be interested in the same things that you are, but there may be somebody at your church who is interested in those things. And so trying to learn how help them live out their gifts and their interests yeah. in ways that glorify God. Um, that's a great way to do that is Elizabeth, to find yeah. others that Elizabeth, I love that because I, as they enter the teenage years, you know, middle school and high school, I mean, I think it's really important for a mom to respect your daughter's privacy and respect her friends um, and and give them space to become, you know, who God is raising them up to be. To be honest, I think one of the things that really kept my sisters and I walking in the way of the Lord and not rebelling against the church, against Christianity, against godly counsel was the fact that my parents not all at once, but as we slowly got older, they released more and more independence to us and more freedom. And they said, you're going to have our trust until you break our trust. And so, you know, we learned bit by bit, year by year, that it was good if we obeyed and if we did the right thing and if we did, you know, what was God honoring and that really was, you know, if we followed the rules that our parents set in place because they have certain reasons, then we're not going to get punished and we're actually going to be rewarded with more freedom and more trust. And I think that that's also what really established this ability to move from just a mother daughter relationship into a friendship, because it's not where I ever had to question whether or not my mom trusted me or had respect for me. And she didn't have to you know, question that on my side of that. I 
trust her and that I respect her because we've been growing that all along. And I know that that can be really hard, especially when, you know, you see your daughters not always making the best decisions or their friends aren't making the best decisions. And so you're scared, like, oh, are they going to start, you know, choosing X, Y, Z path? Um, but I'd say that that's exact, exactly what my mom said. Like, that's where these other people come into your life. Um, but I think it's really rewarding seeing how my mom was patient in that friendship developing with us. She didn't try to force it. She didn't try to be our best friend. She didn't try to, like, let us skip school to go watch movies, you know, be the cool mom, whatever. No, like, <laughs> we needed a mother when we needed a mother. And now we need a mom and we need a friend. And so just seeing how the Lord has blessed that and that she was faithful in raising us up in the way that the Lord has called us and teaching us those truths, um, you know, not encouraging or not approving of, you know, decisions we made that were against, you know, what scripture said, but letting us sometimes make our mistakes and having to learn from them. And that's got to be super hard. I know that that was probably very hard on her at times, um, but she was patient in that and she was prayerful in that and that um, she was still always available when we came back. <laughs> we were like, okay, I now need to talk about this. And she wasn't ever too busy for us where, you know, sometimes it's simply just being able to be available and be at home. She's like, she said, she's a big reader. <laughs> and so she, sometimes it's just reading or sometimes it's just being in the kitchen or just, you know, not being completely secluded, locked away in your room, but being in the living room where in those moments of her being available, conversations stirred up about things going on at school or a friend issue or, you know, boy troubles and all that kind of stuff um, <laughs> because she was there and she was available. And so in the same way that sometimes these women at church can fill a different role that, you know, you don't want your mom to fill at that time. There's also some roles that only the mom can fill because she's the one in the household. She's the one with you. Um, and so I just really, um, I applaud my mother, honestly, for just the patience and the persistence she had with all three of us. Um, just parenting is much more than, you know, a one-time thing. It was a consistent teaching us about Jesus and living that out as an example. And 18 plus years later, it's not even just when we left the household, it's now when we're all in our 20s and they're still parenting and they're still being this example and so it's a lifelong commitment it really is and it just amazes me reflecting on that and seeing how the lord has just strengthened them and given them the endurance to truly um run this race of biblical parenting um it's just been really really encouraging so well and i would say i gotta say this because Y'all, y'all all know Joe, my husband, uh, Callie's dad, but um, he was he was a um, I'm not going to say he was a bad kid. I'm just going to say he was a troublemaker, and he <laughs> and he he got in all kinds of trouble all the time, like from I don't know two years old apparently until you know until really the Lord got a hold of him. And then he still causes trouble sometimes, but, but he was always in trouble. And I remember, um, and I think this could be true of moms or dads, um, you know, things, mistakes that you made in your past or ways that you were, you know, sneaking around behind your parents' back or doing things you knew you shouldn't be doing, but you were, you know, just re rebelliousness. Um, um, 
that um, he he was always concerned about the and I was like that was you that is not them and until and that's where we kind of came up with the thing until you give us a reason not to trust you we're going to trust you so if you're going to this person's house you say you're going to this person's house you say you're going to be spending the night there i mean you know they're 16 years old at this point and driving themselves around then we're going to trust you that you're doing what you say you're going you say you're going to do or if you say i don't want to clean this up right now but can I do it later? Then I'm going to trust you that you're going to do, you know, whatever chore it is or whatever, um, when you say you're going to do it. And, but we had to kind of get past that because I think it is a natural tendency that, um, you know, anything that's gone wrong or any place where we've messed up in life, we don't want our kids to make that same mistake. And so, Mm -hmm. but I think we also have to be careful that we don't, overcompensate for that and then think our kids are going to do all these things. I mean, Joe climbed a radio tower in his town. Like, and at, like at, at, as the sun was rising, I'm like, I can't believe you were out at four or five in the morning and climbing a radio tower. And like, I'm sure I don't even know what all he's done. that could be against the law but uh but but i'm like our girls are not gonna go climb a radio tower there where is one i don't even know where one is so um i think i think you know just thinking don't don't um don't just expect them to make all the same mistakes you did they'll make their own and they'll make their fair share but don't think that they're going to be just like the ones you did or they're going to get in trouble in the same ways you did so Yeah, well, we're almost out of time, but we do want to ask our last question that we always ask. So if you could each answer, and we can start with Callie, what is something that has marked you in your walk with Christ? I would really say um, growing up with strong Christian community. So that's kind of going back to what my mom was saying earlier, just of um, kind of her soul sisters is what we call them. But I really don't remember a time in which she was not surrounded by other godly women, other godly mothers, um, and specifically these three other mothers of all girls. Um, That just really paved the way for me to see the value of community and the value of walking in that community. But also it provided me kind of like with what we were saying, like these other mothers who weren't really my mothers um, to walk with me and to encourage me. to speak truth into my life, to give a good example, just all of those things. Um, and, you know, obviously we still need to be surrounding ourselves with non-Christians. We need to be, you know, developing relationships with lost people and all of that. But I'd say that the mark of the inner circle, um, having the people that you are closest with, who are giving you the most common advice, the people you're spending your most time with, um, they need to look like Jesus and act like Mm -hmm. Jesus because who you're around is going to make you look like them and act like them too. And so you're going to all end up kind of melding very similar lifestyles and word choices and your attitudes and your speech. And so I'd say that really growing up with strong community, I mean, like Proverbs and really all the scriptures says so much about that. But one thing that comes to mind is Proverbs eleven fourteen, where it just says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And growing up, I really just, I never felt like I had 
a lack of guidance or a lack of counselors or people that I could go to because I knew that my parents were surrounded by godly friends and so I could also go to any of them if I needed something um and then myself like people my own age or slightly older than me or even now mentoring younger girls that there are people that you can go to um to continue to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom yeah yeah that's so good Michelle uh, what about you yeah, what has, what marked, has you? marked me I mean I know lots of things Christ. but Do what? yeah what's one thing one thing I'm gonna say I was gonna say one um a lot of people have marked my walk with Christ, but mostly really my reading and understanding of scripture, not mm-hmm. growing up in a Christian home. I was looking for, you know, how am I going to live my life as an adult or from the time I became a believer as a teenager and, um, and as a mom, um, you know, who am I when no one else is around when it's just me and my time with the Lord and that time made a difference and took me deeper in my relationship with Jesus. And then it really marked me to live out what he had planned and purposed for me for that day, that week, that month, or, um, you know, whatever was ahead. And, and I, I just kind of a funny thing. I just remember for years, um, I would go to the laundry room to be with the Lord because (laughs) with, um, I was working part-time and had three girls and, um, things would be loud and crazy at our house all the time. And, and so I would go in the laundry room to wash, dry clothes, fold clothes. And I would have my Bible sitting there on top of the dryer and I would read scripture and fold clothes. And, um, but I think that time with, with Jesus, that time in his word, um, really, changed it marked me and it changed the trajectory of my life that's so good yeah well thank you all so much for being with us and we do want to tell all the moms out there happy mother's day and we know that mother's day can be a difficult day for women who desired maybe to be a mother or maybe didn't have a great relationship with their mom and and so um just as Michelle said, as far as what has marked her, we just want to encourage you to stay in God's Word. And we do have some great resources um, at Lifeway Missional Motherhood, Christ-Centered Parenting, Mom Set Free. There's some some great things that we can, that can help you um, in this time of your life. But Michelle and Callie, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we look forward to, to being back next week with our listeners. And uh, happy Mother's Day. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. 
But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.